Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. It is a Tuesday, October the 29th. Week 8 of the NFL season is now in the books. We get to look ahead to a week 9, which should be very, very interesting. Can't believe it. We're at that uh, midway point now in the season. We also have a week 10 of uh, college football. We'll get to... Of course, uh, the football talk here, we got a couple of days of a uh, bit of a reprieve over the next 48 hours before we have more football to bet on. But we do have Major League Baseball tonight, a game six. The World Series will be uh, either extending to a game seven and delighting fans all around the country or it will end tonight in uh, misery, tears and sorrow for one group of fans and team and what could have been. But I will say this, the uh, the Nationals, Strasburg on the mound, the Astros, Verlander on the mound. Is it exactly who both of these teams want in this particular spot? So it'll be fun. We'll break down the numbers and what we know about this game coming in. We'll do that coming up. But last night, week eight, coming to a close with the Miami Dolphins, the uh, undefeated, uh, well, the one well, winless Miami Dolphins. I knew go. there was a zero somewhere in there. there uh, winless uh, Miami Dolphins. They are 0-6, uh, who earlier in the day yesterday managed to pick yet another draft pick up there in that arsenal they have, pushing the number to 13 next year. 13 draft picks. This team will not resemble anything even close to what you are seeing next year right now. But does Fitzmagic, did he have enough in the chamber to be able to do what Fitzmagic does, which is usually either backdoor or figure out a way to get the cover and to make people just scream and yell? And uh, the answer to that question was yes, absolutely. Only he did it in the first half and not in the second half, but it doesn't matter. 27 to 14. My math tells me that's 13 points, not 14, which is exactly what that number closed at yesterday. Also, not enough points to hit the over 43 and a half that came in to the under. But the Miami Dolphins, Dane, are now three and oh, the last three weeks against the damn spread. And that's uh, that is what we call money. That is a team you can rely upon. And once again, the things that we talked about yesterday held true. Pittsburgh plays down to their competition, certainly coming after a bye. Mike Tomlin, thank you. And oh yeah, uh, Miami's not quitting. These are not a bunch of quitters on this team. They ain't very good, but they ain't quitting. And that is something to keep note of as we continue to push along uh, at the midway point of the NFL season. Yeah, absolutely true. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, degenerates here on Make It Rain. Let's cock a doodle. Do it. Um, Joe, I'm nervous because next week the Dolphins are five-and-a-half-point home dogs against the Jets. <laughs> and to your point, they are not quitting. To yeah. your point, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he's he's being Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, you know, that's all he's doing. He's diving head first on third and eight. He's smiling at the refs. He's hyping up the crowd. You know, and 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 they they have played better under mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick than they did with Josh Rosen. It's almost like they believe. And you saw them come out in the first half. That's why I gave out Dolphins plus seven and a half first half yesterday. And I am worried, especially we're hearing Sam Donald with his thumb and all that. This could be an issue. Um, you know, the Steelers were able to kind of flip the switch at home. I'm not so sure the Jets will be able to do that on the road on Sunday. We shall see. But in this game also, what you have to watch, Joe, on a meaningless carry at the very end when the Steelers were running out the clock. James Conner went out, okay? And they're saying shoulder potential. I saw the trainer on the sidelines, mouth to a coach. He needs an x-ray clavicle. That worries me big time, Joe, especially because I have Conner on a fantasy team where I just moved to 7-1. and one. So we'll get more news on that. Um, because, listen, with the trading deadline approaching, there could be people on the move today, and running backs might be a position we see some people change addresses. We already saw Drake leave yesterday. So, uh, well, the good news for you is, uh, is Tomlin did come out after the game and uh, said, like, did the report joint. that it, yeah, it's not a clavicle, which is yeah, well. a— that's a problem. Um, but I'll, I'll he wait was, to see today. <laughs> he was certain enough to not mention the word uh, clavicle and uh, and give it an AC uh, label, yeah. which is good because if that that means he's we'll optimistic, because there's no reason to hide from it. It's not like we're going to learn anything different. But we'll uh, he didn't sound like death, which is good because we've seen coaches and especially him go to that podium and. Be like, all right, Roethlisberger, uh, done, uh, shoulder gone, ankle gone. Yeah, so at least you know what to get from Tomlin. He doesn't really beat around the bush very much, which is good. So it's good for James Conner. It's good for the Steelers because they showed a little something last night. They started off very slow. Mason Rudolph, uh, impressive. Uh, Obviously, it took him a little while to get it going, but. He did exactly what the Steelers need him to do for the rest of that game is he got the ball to playmakers in space, gave him an opportunity to be able to do things with the ball. And voila, they ended up going 27 unanswered in the game. That defense continues to be a, uh, you know, a pretty stout group of guys. One of the best parts of the Steelers. I'm not sure what that identity of this team is just yet, but I think if Mason Rudolph, gives us more of that and continues to progress, then, yeah, they are going to be pretty damn competitive in the AFC North. I wouldn't necessarily crown uh, Baltimore just yet, and I wouldn't necessarily stick a fork in the Steelers just yet. Give me more of what we saw last night from that kid and that defense. Steelers uh, will make some noise there before it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think the Steelers are better than, you know, the Bengals, I actually I like them better than the dumpster fire in Cleveland with Freddie Kitchens. I do believe Baltimore is the class. Baltimore at this point has something like three games on them. I think Baltimore's already at five wins. Meanwhile, this was the second for the Steelers. Um, you know, I mean, they may be competitive. Third, third for the Steelers. It's their third Are you win. Sure. They were, yeah. Yeah. They they were All two right. and four last night going into that game. All right, so so still, I still believe in the Ravens, though, Joe. You know, when it comes down to it, I remember. Have they? What? Have they played? I don't think Baltimore and Pittsburgh's played yet. 
I think they, yes, they, they have did. Two... That's when Jude fumbled late the oh, game. Oh, that was with the fumble. That's and right. Baltimore that's right. Won. Yes. So yep. Baltimore has the game yep. in hand, uh, or the, yep. the matchup. Um, and remember, we talked about this AFC South too, Joe, and that has a lot of teams in there. So you're going to have to be better than just 8-8 eight and eight to make it, you know, so... We'll see. Yep. We'll see. But a nice Baltimore's first step got to get their the hands team that's full on uh, Sunday night. They're going to have to do what nobody else can do, and that's beat New England. New England. So right. let's. this is about to get a lot closer real quick. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. So uh, trade deadline is uh, almost upon us here today and certainly a lot of uh, rumors and innuendos. But uh, at this point, probably way more talk than actual action uh, because we probably would have seen if any of the really big names would have actually uh, been moved places like, you know, I don't know, A.J. Green, for instance, in Cincinnati, sure. uh, Trent Williams, uh, you know, offensive lineman for the Washington Redskins. Plenty. These guys have all been uh, called. Let's say their teams have uh, picked up the phone a lot over the last couple of weeks. And if there is not a deal done now, then... Chances are it's not going to happen by uh, 3 or 4 o'clock this afternoon. But something did happen yesterday that was very strange. And and can't believe it's the first time it's ever happened, which is mind-blowing. But the Giants and Jets actually pulled off a trade yesterday where Leonard Williams, how great – I mean, how cool is that for him, man? You don't even have to sell your house, dude. Like, you don't have to move. Right. You just literally, like, you can same route to work. The same like, nothing, shop in the morning. Nothing changes for you and your family. So, I mean, good for you. But I, it's amazing to me after all these years that it's the it's the actually the first time that the Jets and Giants actually, you know, commenced in, in a trade, especially during the season. Uh, but I get it. Yeah, they weren't going to pay him or they'd want nothing to do. The Jets were negotiating with him at the end of the year, which he was going to be eligible for. And the Giants are just absolutely atrocious on the defensive front there who need anything to be able to help them, uh, you know, create any sort of pass rush. And he'll help. I mean, he will certainly help. Plus, the Jets are paying $4 million of the $6 million remaining on his contract. So it's a $2 million audition, really, for the New York Giants. They are a better defense today with him on it than they were yesterday without. And the Jets, it's one less headache uh, that they've got to go ahead and worry about figuring out how to pay. This team is they draft all of these defensive linemen in the first round every year. And then they promptly, once they're done with them, go, yep, we're good. You know, Mo Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson. And now Leonard Williams is uh, is yet another guy. But don't forget, they got Quinn and Williams now there. They run a three, four, which isn't exactly great for Leonard, but. I get the trade on both sides. I'm shocked the Jets, honestly, got two picks for them. I'm really shocked they got a a third and a fifth over the next two years. Uh, But Gettleman is obviously desperate, looking for any sort of help 
on that defense because it is putrid trying to watch it play for sure. Yeah, I hear that, Joe. Listen, you know, you brought up the names uh, Muhammad Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson. And ironically, when Leonard Williams was drafted, it in essence made Mo Wilkerson and or Sheldon Richardson expendable. And now it comes full circle. The Jets draft Quinnen Williams this year, and that makes Leonard Williams expendable. You know, the idea of they weren't going to pay him. We know the Jets ain't going anywhere this year. The Jets are a team that will likely, you know, I mean, they already moved Leonard Williams. I'm hearing word about Robbie Anderson as well. But you know what I think is interesting? You talk about Gettleman. Joe, the Jet, uh, the Giants gave away a third and a fifth, Right. Just a year and a half ago, Joe, they had one of the best, if not the best, run-stopping defensive linemen in the whole league in Snacks Harrison, the Giants had. They traded Snacks Harrison to the Giants for a fifth-round pick. That's what they got back. And now they're acquiring another lineman, and they gave up a third and a fifth. So they're, in essence, down a third to trade to swap out uh, Snacks Harrison for Leonard Williams. So I wonder if they feel like that is good on balance. But you're right. You named some of the names. The Trent Williams thing. I, I Listen. If the Washington football team does not trade Trent Williams today, Dan Snyder has no interest in winning. He cares more about, like, winning arguments and pride Mm -hmm. than Washington actually winning football games. Because you know he ain't going to come back to this team. And if you can get anything for him, and I'm sure that there are teams out there that want a Pro Bowl left tackle, you know— I would say the same thing, Joe, about Adrian Peterson. We're getting word that Darius Geis has returned to practice for the Washington football team. I think that makes AP— um, expendable again, if you want to know the truth, but the name to hear, I believe the name that will be moved today is Lions cornerback Darius Slay. Um, he is a good corner. There are teams that could use him. We're hearing Philly wants to be in the cornerback market. So we'll keep an eye on this all. Um, but I do think there'll be a little bit more than usual because Joe, the NBA is coming to the NFL, that way of doing business. Not sure how much you're going to get for a defensive back who can't play right now because he's been battling hamstring injuries all year. I mean, that's got to hurt the uh, the trade it value does. there a little bit. Same as like Brandon Cooks we talked about, but he's concussed. Guys like Philadelphia need impact players like now. They can't wait three weeks for him to heal up. So, uh, And I'm also very interested to see what happens with the rest of this Denver Broncos team here by the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Does you know, does Harris go? Does Harris. Von Miller go? Does Because at this point, I don't know where the whole herniated disc in the neck thing came from for Flacco. Uh, but all of a sudden now, he's not playing anymore. In fact, we probably won't see him in a Denver Bronco uniform. He's going to hit the IR. And now they're bringing in yet another Allen for some reason that hasn't thrown a pass since 2016 at the University of Arkansas. Am I missing something with Drew Locke here? Is he hurt? Is he shelved? Or why is it that you're you're pulling out Flacco and you're bringing in a dude that hasn't thrown a ball since 2016? Like, where is Drew Locke in all of this? I mean, wasn't he still banged up? He's on IR. I don't know if he's... uh. Is he even available to come back? Like, or is I, he I don't done know. for the uh, year? The last I have here, here you go. Um, this is early, earlier last week. 
John Elway says, quote, we have to make sure Drew Locke is ready when he gets in there. If he does get in there, we're still in the process of evaluating that. He's not ready to go right now. I'll tell you that. Remember, he has the thumb. He is on IR. Maybe, listen, remember, it could be a Dwayne Haskins situation also, Joe, that he just ain't ready and they don't want him, you know, seeing ghosts out there. That could be it. But it's obvious Denver is kind of cutting the cord, right? They traded Manny Sanders. We hear about Chris Harris, even Von Miller potentially buzz about. So they are in the position where they got to go to Drew Locke eventually. I think there's the thumb issue. And like Haskins, maybe he's just not ready. We saw him in preseason. He didn't look like he was able to read defenses and do any kind of, you know, anything but go to the first read, Joe. So um, it could be injury, but it could be his, uh, his preparedness. I yeah I'm I'm sure it's that because I, I'm well you know I don't necessarily buy the whole Brett uh, the whole uh, Joe Flacco situation too I thought it was kind of convenient after he just oh. threw his entire coaching staff under That's the bus. That's where it that came from. That's not now a neck old, disc. Uh, it's that he talked on he Sunday didn't look night. Look like a dude that wrestling. had any sort of uh, perforated disc going on out of his neck and bulging and hurting. Like it, it didn't look anything. He didn't even bring that up. You would think a guy that's like, oh, guys, I'm really hurting, right? Like, no, his his main purpose of going up to the podium was was throwing Fangio under the bus. They are going to bring up, though. It looks like it's been announced that Brett Rippin uh, will be. Uh, graduated from the practice squad. And, uh, you know, this kid, a lot of guys love this guy in the in the preseason coming out of Boise State. Uh, he's yeah. obviously got the lineage there. Uh, his dad was a pretty good quarterback, too, back in the day. Uh, a lot of guys love this kid. And while he's been on the practice squad, what is with Al, What is with the last name Allen and quarterbacks in the NFL? Like, right now? like what, what is, you know, Josh Allen, now Josh Brandon Allen. Allen. Like, what am I missing here? Like, is there is there like a uh, a run on Allens in, in college football? DNA, Joe. They should all do I, that 23 and me and damn. see if they are, you know, damn. all related. Joe, the other problem, though, I will say this. Everybody who would listen was hearing the idea that Cortland Sutton was an ascending yeah. wide receiver in fantasy circles, right? And then... Boom, they trade Manny Sanders, and it's like, oh, more targets, more opportunity. Not if they go ahead and make this quarterback change. You know, I, I, I would throw a little cold water on all the Cortland Sutton love if, in fact, they're going to Locke or Rippin or Allen or anybody like that. It will be a downgrade, even though Flacco is still, at this point, nothing more than a game manager. It's interesting. It's funny, too, because uh, Drew Locke is eligible to dress now, at least, against uh, the upcoming game in Cleveland. But, man, Elway's making it seem like, dude, anybody but Locke. Like, anybody but Locke. Didn't he move up to get him, too? Am I, am I losing it? Oh, my word, Elway. Take a look at this uh, World Series matchup. We'll do that coming up next. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made.
to invite you to follow us on uh, YouTube and Instagram, guys, at Sports Grid TV. You can never miss an episode, of course, if you subscribe to Sports Grid TV on YouTube and check out some of the best highlights from all the shows across the network on Instagram. Just head over, follow us, like us, subscribe to us at Sports Grid TV. And guys, keep in mind the NBA season. It's underway, man, and now you can dunk on your NBA DFS competition using DailyRoto.com. Uh, compete with the pros, FanDuel, or DraftKings with the DailyRoto.com optimizer. It's the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, you get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. You can save 10% now on winning NBA DFS advice using the promo code DUNK. That's DailyRoto.com forward slash DUNK. DailyRoto.com forward slash dunk to learn more and to get your 10% discount today. And keep in mind that DailyRoto.com, guys, is where millionaires are made. And a couple of nights off here before we're back into uh, football mode here. But we do have a Game 6 of the World Series. Will we get to a Game 7? Well, not if the Washington Nationals don't figure out a way to hit the ball with runners in scoring position. Outscored 19-3 to the last uh, three games. One for 21 with runners in the scoring position. That's just not going to work. They also happen to have lost all three of those games. What a shock. And the Astros tonight, they got a chance to close it out. Second World Series trophy in Three years. That's what the Astros have been able to put together in front of their own home crowd. The line opens up Houston pretty heavy, minus 170 there with Verlander on the mound, taking on, you know, pretty good dude himself in Strasburg, a guy you definitely yeah, really. want as a Nationals fan on the mound. He's the guy you want there tonight. Opened up somewhere around uh, a lot of places, right around buck uh, plus 160 there for the Nationals. And now, as of yesterday, about two-thirds of the bets coming in on the Nationals, taking that plus money, but the line, it, it moved back towards Houston. So while a lot of people are betting the Nationals, it looks like the bigger money bets might be coming in on the uh, on the Houston Astros to go ahead and get this done. So it's That's funny, just Dan. Matt moving the number, Joe. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, he's he dropped another million and a half there yesterday on the on the Astros. Of course, he did heading into a, a game six. Now he's uh, the possibility of winning uh, 20 million dollars uh, if they close it out tonight is all his. Congratulations, you tool bag. Uh, but it's interesting with with Verlander in this moment tonight, because a, a perception reality of Verlander, as we all know, Verlander is Verlander. We all have this image of him being just this completely dominant force, which he has been uh, for most of his career. Even this year, he's been just an unbelievable force of nature. The problem is that he has not been great in the postseason. And more importantly, he's gone now five starts without winning a World Series game. That's five World Series starts without winning a game. He's also since actually winning and pitching pretty well against the uh, against the Tampa Bay Rays. He's gone four starts, guys. He's got close to a six ERA. He's also given up six home runs in those uh, in those last four starts this postseason. He has not been vintage Verlander at all. In fact, all year long, guys, if you remember some of the biggest upsets 
came at the hands of Justin Verlander being $4 favorite, $5 favorites, $3 favorites all year, $2, $1.80. I mean, he has been a ridiculous, overblown, overvalued favorite. And a lot of times he lost betters money who backed him. So I, it's a tough proposition tonight because, uh, and I love the whole, well, he's due concept just cracks me up. But the idea that you would lay $2 again tonight uh, backing a Verlander who has, I don't know how many more times he's got to show that for some reason, whatever it is, maybe it's a little tired arm or whatever, this moment hasn't exactly been the best for Verlander in this spot tonight. And it's not like we haven't seen him before. He's got five World Series starts, Danny. He hasn't won a game yet. Yeah, and I, the the phrase you just used towards the end is the one that I, I'm worried about. Tired arm. Okay, this is a 36-year-old man, and, you know, Kate Upkin can, you know, play with him as much as she wants. When You you know, after a while, the wear and tear will get to you. Um, he's thrown something like 255, 260 innings. And so I think there's a reason he's got a 6 ERA over his last, whatever it is, four or five starts in the postseason. I think he, you know, it's not above him to hit a wall. Okay, and, and I'm, I'm worried that's what's happened because also in these last starts, Joe— Correct me if I'm wrong, but in most of them, the opposing team jumped on him early. I think even in just game two, which, by the way, the Nats won like 12 to two, they got two runs off him very early on. And 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 the Yankees hit him early on, you know, so that would be my concern uh, with Justin Verlander, that the perception is not what we are actually seeing. And then Strasburg on the other side, his recent form has been good. Good. Now, don't get me wrong. Verlander could, you know, feel the moment, understand he's got a chance to close it out, and we could see vintage Verlander. But, Joe, with all those stats you throw out, for me, it's the recent form that's the most important. And Verlander has been getting hit, and, you know, he's 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 at a very high threshold, Joe. He's at 260-plus innings. Keep, I got another number here, too, that, that'll blow you away regarding uh, Verlander this year along with second looks, meaning teams mm. faced him once, and then they came back a couple of days later and had a chance to face him again. And, guys, his ERA in those matchups, uh, once with Tampa, once with the Yankees, 6.7 ERA with a 1.41 yeah. whip, four home runs allowed, in just 10.2 innings. So, guys, this is a second look for the Nats hitters. It's also a second look for the, you know, for the Astros hitters against uh, against Strasburg. And, you know, him too, he's got a situation there where the Dodgers had a chance to see him twice. And, you know, they didn't have as much success as they did the first time around against him. So, this is really more to me about figuring out what do you think you get from not only Verlander tonight, but can the, do you trust these Nationals hitters the second time around to make the adjustments like the Rays have and certainly like the Yankees did? Can they get to the bullpen fast enough to get him the hell out of the game? Yeah, I think that's the key. What happens early, Joe, I think is the key in this game. And let me correct myself. Verlander now stands so far this year at 253 and a third innings pitched. So he might get to 260 tonight. But I think that's the key, Joe. What happens early? If they 
don't hop on Verlander early and he gets to move a cruise a little bit. And let's say the Astros are up two nothing in the fourth. We could mm-hmm. have one of those coronation atmospheres in the building. People, the Nationals hitters could start trying to hit seven run home runs by themselves, you know, uh, grinding the bat handle a little bit. That would be my fear to me. It's either it's either Nats get to Verlander and put up a crooked number early in the first three innings. But if he gets a rhythm and Houston gets up, it could be problems and lights out. So I'm going to have to look at some of these first five lines and see if I can make some correlation plays that way. I also do think, of course, since it is an elimination game for the Nationals guys, that you are going to see them push Strasburg as more than we've seen him in his entire career. Uh, don't forget, they had to burn Daniel Hudson in game five because of the whole mix and match situation with Scherzer. Um, they Tanner Rainey, the only guy that they have really out of the bullpen that seems to be the most rested is Sean Doolittle. Uh, He's only thrown 27 pitches yeah. between two appearances, game one and game five. So he's your most rested option, but he's a ninth inning guy. Like he is not a guy that's you know, if they have to, they're going to need Strasburg big time to go out. Otherwise, you're probably looking at uh, Annabelle Sanchez coming out of the bullpen. Um, and listen, even Patrick Corbin. I mean, at this point, there is no tomorrow. So I, I do think that if they can't get 120, they'll let him go to 125, 130 pitchers tonight. Matter. If this game this is close. This might be his last start in Nationals uniform, Joe. He's a yeah, free agent. Exactly. Right? They Swing are going to out. burn him. They are going to that burn him. If the game they were is close, protecting him for like a decade, Joe. Right. Yep. <laughs> and if now the game they're in is position. Close. If it's not, they don't have any other options out of the bullpen. They're, I mean, yeah, they're I screwed. If he only yep. goes five innings, six innings, nah. then you're you're going to see Sanchez. You're going to see Corbin. And, and listen, Scherzer, as of last night, was still a game time decision even today, and as far as whether or not he'd be available. Um, it, you can't think about tomorrow if Scherzer can pitch today. Yeah, you're probably using him if it comes down to that, you know, and and I'm sure he's going to want to because you can't worry about a game seven when there is no game seven if there's not today. So this could truly be a literally everybody all hands on deck. There is no tomorrow, guys. You worry about tomorrow when you got to worry about tomorrow, but you got to get past tonight. Hopefully, Strasburg gives you, you know, seven, eight innings, throws 120 pitches and you guys win two nothing, two one, something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, listen, if I'm managing this today for Washington, I'm like, Strasburg, you're going 110 pitches, and then we'll pick our heads up and see where we're at after that. At you least, know? But yeah. Like, Strasburg, after 100 pitches, is still the best option for them right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think he's going seven, he's going eight, he's going 115, 120, and then we'll figure it out. And honestly, you and I know, Joe, we're men of a certain age. This back spasm stuff, this can come and go. This can come and go. We'll see how Scherzer feels when he wakes up tomorrow. If I'm managing the Nats, I'm putting it all in for tonight. And then when I go to bed tonight, I'm praying to God if they win, that Scherzer wakes up and feels like he can move tomorrow and he's on the hill for me game seven. I think that's the way I'm playing it. If I get to a game seven, hey, and all, you know, it's all good. Well, is there any value in backing the Nats in a series price here? We'll take a look at the numbers, figure out if there's a way we can make it rain here no matter what happens. We'll do that coming up here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. NFL. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. guys welcome in here on this uh tuesday just a couple more days here before uh, it's november wow november 1st is knocking on the corner we got a little halloween going on thursday we'll have uh football for you there uh, not only nfl but college football it is flying by guys uh the year is just absolutely flying by when you are having fun but we'll also have a world series champion by the end of the week Will it be tonight? Will it be the Astros? Will the Nationals go not so fast? We all agreed, I think, that we were looking at six or seven games here when this whole series before it started. I think we all realized that with these pitching staffs and these two teams, nobody was going to get swept. Uh, six games was the sweet number, but I don't think anybody was going to be surprised if, uh, you know, given what we know about these two teams, that seven games was a possibility. Now, it didn't start off great, obviously, with Houston losing the first two games. However, that just gave a whole lot of backers the opportunity to double down on Houston like Mattress Mac um, and go ahead and take advantage of it as they've now won the next three. So at the same time, Dane, if you're a Nationals backer, well, you got to be going into tonight a couple of different ways. Number one, I, the series price is what? What are what are they showing at FanDuel right now for the Nationals on this series? Plus six hundred, Joe. Okay, so that's and that's kind of what I figured there. All right, so let's say the Nationals. You back the Nationals tonight at uh, plus six hundred. They right. win tonight, and then you're probably in all reality, if everything goes well, puppy dogs and rainbows, you're going to have. Corbin Scherzer somewhere in that combination there tomorrow if if everything goes well for one game right uh and then you're probably looking to me game sevens Granky if it is Scherzer and he's ready to go think about this guys that's a coin flip game as far as I'm concerned in a game seven situation it's not where they're going it's not Granky versus the bullpen it's going to be if Scherzer's okay signs off on it Granky, Scherzer, Corbin, anybody else that they can come up with, Sanchez. Yeah, that's um. There's an opportunity there to even hedge probably in Game Seven because I've got to believe the as close as it is to a coin flip, the Astros, you know, minus one twenty-five, minus one fifty, somewhere along those lines, maybe. Uh, if all goes well, there'll be an opportunity for you to price out one way or the other if you back. The Nationals at six to one tonight, knowing that game seven, you still have the opportunity to back Houston there and hedge yourself because it's six to one. It gives you a pretty good opportunity. Are they worth six to one tonight with Strasburg on a man? I, I think so, because anything can happen in a game seven. I think there's value in that number at six to one. I wouldn't do it four to one or three to one, but I at six to one, I think there's some value to back on the uh, the Nationals tonight in game six. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And listen, I, I really believe that Strasburg is the stronger pitcher right now mm -hmm. than Justin Verlander. And I know it could it could get away from them today if, you know, if Altuve hits a home run in the first or something. But, you know, all things being equal, I'd rather take my chances with Strasburg over Verlander. And then you're right, you know. And that's why, Joe, I don't know if this is like a gambling you kind of thing, but it's always good to get that early position as the big plus number, and then you can work off of it. That's kind of what you're talking about, right? It's the same as getting an underdog early and then maybe doubling it back in-game live, you know? That's why we talk about the plus numbers, the underdogs, because if nothing else, it's a good initial position to play off of, and that's what you're talking about here, getting them at plus 600. Sure, Verlander could get the job done, and they could we could crown a champion tonight, but if not, you're sitting there with plus 600 for, like you said, a coin flip, winner-take-all game seven. So, yep. you know, in terms of value yeah it's the position to take yeah because it, it, at least it gives you that option depending on what right. the markets open up at and i've got to believe personally i think that's it's not nearly it shouldn't be minus 160 minus 170 it should not be that probably if they win minus tonight now joe on FanDuel. yeah uh well i mean tomorrow i mean i'm looking ahead oh, at tomorrow. game seven if i'm back in game six i'm thinking they're winning tonight i'm thinking scherzer corbin tomorrow for all the marbles Going up against Granke, uh, who they had plenty of opportunities uh, against in, in round one there. I, I got to believe that's way closer to a coin flip game. But I think the markets will probably price this around the same thing. Minus 165, minus 170 um, with the uh, with the Astros. So there will be some options tomorrow, too, to go, you know what? If, Scherz, if we get the okay that Scherz is healthy, ready to rock and roll. You, you know, there's a decision to make. Either way, you're going to win money tomorrow if you back them at 6-1, to one, the Nationals, and they win tonight. Because what's the money line for them right now? 150, 160, what is it? Tonight for Washington? Yeah. Plus 155. Yeah, one, so you're better off backing them on the series, guys. Back them at the 6-1 to one price and then, you know, hedge your bet tomorrow or the next day, rather, in Game 7, and you'll be able to get better than 155, um, you know, tomorrow one way or the other, if uh, even if Houston ends up uh, winning in game seven. So the option tonight, forget about the money line, go series, take them at six to one, because if they win, you you got you got yeah. money tomorrow. You got money coming to one way or the other in game seven, Dane. Yeah, the only caveat I'll throw out there, Joe, and I like the approach. I like what you're saying is we're doing a lot of this based off an assumption that Scherzer would take the hill in Game 7. And we don't know that for sure, right? Like, we all think he's such a gamer, he'll do anything possible, they'll shoot him up like he's an NFL player, maybe, to make it relax the back. But, you know, if Scherzer remains unavailable for them, I don't know if I like the play as much. But I believe, I believe that if they win tonight, they'll do whatever in their power to make Scherzer, you know, grit through it for two hours tomorrow night. But that is an assumption we're basing this on, Joe. Well, it doesn't matter whether he pitches or not from I know our numbers standpoint. Wise it doesn't. I feel well, good about it. Because they're not going to release that information until tomorrow. So right. they're not going to tell us whether he can really go or not. They're going to push it off as long as possible going, you know, it's a wait and see. Well, you know, we'll wake up tomorrow, see what he is because the back spasms come and go. So what that will do is the markets cannot price that based upon Scherzer being, you know, uh, um, available or not. They can't just wait that he is. So I, I'm going to assume that if they win tonight anyway, 
even if Scherzer doesn't go tomorrow, we all know game sevens are a coin flip anyway. Anything can happen. The only question we have is, what can we jump in if we're going to hedge the bet with the Astros? How much is it going to cost us to right. jump in at that particular point? Uh, if it's Corbin, it'll be a little more expensive for you to back the Astros than it would be, obviously, if Scherzer can go. Right. But I don't think we're going to know that until tomorrow anyway. And at that particular point, I don't know how big a difference it's going to be because it's not Cole. It's Granky. You know what I mean? So I, the value is going to be there. And then at a game seven, listen, even if you throw out Corbin tomorrow, yeah, don't matter. I'm, I'm still good because it's a game seven. And we right. all know it's it's anybody's game at that particular point. No, I completely agree with you. I just wanted to throw out there. We're talking about it a little bit as though it's a fait accompli that yes. Scherzer would be that. Right. And I'm just saying we're not, you know, the approach is right. You know, if you're holding a plus 600 and we get to game seven. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do off of it, right. okay? So I completely agree with How you. How much are the Astros that's going not... to cost you tomorrow? Basically, the right. hedge is going to be the big question. And fair you're enough, right. fair but enough. I don't think they'll come out and announce it tonight. No, they won't you say know anything. They won't say they anything won't. until tomorrow. If they tomorrow. win tonight, they won't say anything till about 3 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow afternoon. Right. Correct. It's how he wakes up. It's how he right. feels. Can he play long yep. toss when he gets to the ballpark? All that kind yep. of stuff. And so, vice and versa, too. Wait. You know, you if he's available to go want... tonight, then you know he's going to be. Av- if they say Scherzer's I... available, get ready. Yep. <laughs> get get Absolutely. ready. Absolutely. Yeah. And also remember, coming. if they not, and they go Corbin, isn't Corbin a lefty? Yes. So that even leaves it up, right? We don't know. AJ Hinch is making a lineup, maybe not knowing if he's seeing a righty or a lefty with hours to play in Game Seven. So we'll we'll leave that for yep. uh, for tomorrow. Joe, I see another thing though. I mm-hmm. see the total on this game six as seven on the number. Okay. Oh, I thought you were saying it was six. I was like, what? Oh, okay. No, so seven. it's a, no, it's game six. Gotcha. <laughs> game six, <laughs> the total is seven, right? Again. However, Joe, the first five innings is four and a half. Don't they usually cut that in half? And shouldn't it be three and a half if the total of the game is seven? Yeah, except for the fact that. In this series, we've seen Verlander and Str- everybody's given up their runs early. Early. And the Astros, I think. Uh, is there a game that they have not? And I know going into was a game, game four or game five. At that point, they had scored a run in the first inning, day. And I think it, even throughout the uh, throughout the postseason, I remember somebody had posted it 20, 25, and six. It was some ridiculous number where if you had bet run first inning, yes. You would have won 25 out of 31 times right. throughout the postseason. So, and, and, and they all like hopping you said, on Verlander early, his last few starts. Strasburg, too. Like, they yeah. got the Strasburg two runs early on first time around. And then think about it, too, Dane. Second time around. Oh, Here we go. It. Here's your second look. And we all, I think we all believe that these are guys that get better as the game goes on. If you're going to get to either of them, yeah, if you think that these two guys are going to be able to, that's a that's a good number, man. Four and a half is a well, good why not number. Over seven for the game, Joe. Yeah, well then you got to. How much do you trust the? Uh, how much do you trust the bullpens? Because that's uh, we said that uh, right. And I do think Houston's bullpen is way more rested and ready. You know, Asuna, all of those guys are ready to rock right. and roll. So not they have the edge if it goes to a bullpen in the let's say. Seventh inning. They they need seven, at least seven, because Doolittle, he can give you a four or five out save, right? Like Doolittle can go out, he's, he's the most rested. 
You need All I'm seven innings. They usually cut it right down the middle, right? So if you if what you're saying yeah. is, yeah, they're giving up runs early, one or the other is a value, right? And if you think, all right, yes. they're going to score in these first five, then I would say, what's up with over seven for the game? Mm-hmm. Yep. You can – what is the uh, – is it still minus 110 on both sides? No, the over is minus 120. The under is plus 100. So they're thinking it might move to seven and a half. I'm right, just saying there's an efficiency there. What they are telling you is they expect only two and a half runs in the second half of the game. I've seen right. these bullpens, and I don't think that's going to be the case. Even if Houston is up against this bad bullpen or an unrested bullpen, it could be tack on time. So I, I just think that they didn't even it out right. What was the uh, – and they're probably playing the percentages knowing how many runs in the first five innings these two teams have scored. How many runs did Verlander give up? Because he didn't give up 12. They won 12, he but he – He gave up it was, four. He gave up two in, like, the second inning, and then he didn't complete. I think it was either the sixth or seventh inning. They pulled him mid-inning, and a few of the runs right. charged him. I think he wound up – I think his actual line was something like six and a third, and he gave up okay. four. But there were other runners on that inning. And he had shut them down. I think after that first or second inning, like it was five innings straight. Like he got 21 outs or something that were just like he had shut them down totally after that. So it's early or it's not. Yeah, it's early or not with Verlander. So that's really what you've got to decide is that, hey, if I'm backing, if I'm backing that Verlander can't get it done, then the over is probably a safe bet here because the way the Astros are hitting uh, how good does Strasburg have to be tonight? The, he's got to be maybe the best he's been all year with this, the way they're swinging the bat at home. Uh... Yeah, but, Joe, what have we said for the last three weeks? It's all about the, the right hits at the right time. Right with time. runners in yes. scoring position, right? So, yep. like, you're right. But at the same time, he, uh, Washington looked like that a week ago in Houston. Yes. So, we'll see. You know, um, but, yeah, Verlander gave up four earned runs. Over six. What's uh yeah. what's the first five money line for the Nationals, by the way? Uh the money line in first five? Is that I'll bring is it it... you on the other side of the picture? All right, yeah, because I'm I'm interested to see what that is too. Because I have a better feeling about the Nationals having the lead going into the second half than the Astros. We'll cover the number coming up next here. Sportsgrid.com. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. So uh, reports uh, coming out uh, trade deadline that the uh, Rams also are are not done looking to trade Aqib Tlaib, trying to get him out there making. uh, And I listen, you're going to have to pay Ramsey. No, you're going to have to pay. And he will. He's set to come back after week 10. But listen, you're going to have to pay Ramsey, guys. So if you're going to cut the cord. Now's the time to cut the cord on a, you know, on a 30-year-old. I think he's scheduled to make $8 million, uh, Aqib Tlaib. And if you cut him, 
Uh, Ramsey's going to get what? About 15, 16, 17 million dollars. I All mean, right. what the hell did Josh Norman get? So, yep. you know, that hard to believe that that's even um he is set, I guess, because he's even on the IR. He is still eligible to be traded. I know there were some rules that they were talking about that. But since he's been on since October 14th, I guess you could trade Aqib Tlaib even while he's on IR. And you know he's coming back because all indications were he was going to come back after week 10. So if you're a Philadelphia or you're somebody that really needs help in the secondary, and they do, um, Aqib Tlaib's not a bad addition, man, uh, because the Rams – you're going to have to do something, maneuver that roster, babe, because you got more guys on that roster making uh, millions upon millions of dollars. And somebody's not. I would hate to see that you traded for Ramsey just to be able to get him for a six month rental. Doesn't make any sense to me, Dane. Everything they do at this point is probably going to be because they know they got to pay him in the offseason. You would think so. But remember, the Rams have painted themselves in a financial corner over the last few years, so maybe they don't have the foresight. What I will say, though, Joe, is watch running backs and cornerbacks today, okay? Mm. And I I say those positions because those are the two positions, in my opinion at least, Joe, feel free to – Correct me if I'm wrong, that like you can hit the ground running. You don't need to know the scheme as much and all that stuff. You're a running back. We're going to give you the ball. Go off left tackle. You know, you're a cornerback. Go lock this guy down. It's not like being a middle linebacker or a quarterback where it would take weeks for you to just get up to speed. So those are the positions I think might be more on the move. That's even why I said Darius Slay, you know, um, so. Those are the positions I think will be moving. Where is Jay Ajaye in all of this? Am I missing something with him, Dan? I'll tell you on the other side of the break. All right, all right, yeah. There's no reason to care about Jay Ajaye. All right, never mind then. Okay, forget that. How about LeGarrette Blunt? Is he still around? Interesting. But Jay Ajaye tried out for the Cardinals, and they picked Alfred Morris.